Hey everybody, this is Ernie Johnson, and welcome to EJ's Game Plan. It's your guide to working in sports media. Today we'll be talking to Scott Van Pelt, who is the host of SportsCenter Midnight Edition. There we go. All right, giddy up. I love, I love you, most of you, some of you. Do I look like a scientist from the Muppets? So, it's better than being said I look like a penis. I've been said that, that uh, they said that on Kimmel, so that's fine. I've been called worse by better, you know what I mean? I've been to Latrobe, Latrobe, PA. That's correct pronunciation, I believe. I actually did fire up the uh, video game the other day. We're trying to recruit Stanford Steve. We'll have to see how that goes. When's the move to Maryland? We move sometime this summer. So that's, uh, tr we'll see when that happens. What's up, Elgin? Me and Rosillo love you forever. <laughs> All-time favorite Terp Hooper. Easy. Len Bias. The late, great Leonard Bias. Although it was fun to watch the, do the video last night for, uh, for when the Terps won the title. What are we talking about today? You tell me. We moved this summer. That's what we said. Let's see. How'd I land my first sports job? Got an internship down in uh, D.C. Can I dunk? You know what? The last, I have no idea if I still can. I used to be able to do anything you wanted, but now I'm afraid I'd shatter my uh, knee or rip my ACL or something. Biggest piece of advice someone's given you in sports casting, be yourself. Be yourself. No need to be anybody but you. Happy birthday. It's very kind. Every day is my birthday, as you know on the internet. Can I do your school for senior night? What's your school? Never been to Lincoln, Nebraska. What's the deal with the pod? We're recruiting one tonight. Am I stronger than Rosillo? I am not. Rosillo is far, far stronger than I. My broadcasting hero is a good one. A guy named Glenn Brenner. It was a guy in uh, Washington, D.C., which was, uh, was, was pretty amazing. Uh, let's see. I don't have the old SVP and Rosillo mailbags because those were uh, people. People enjoyed those. I don't. I think they're gone. I don't know who took them down. That was stupid. They were great. Rosillo was hysterically funny in all of them. Welcome to the internet. Awesome. People ask, "Whoops, what the hell happened?" Up, oh, up. Oh, old guy did things. Where are the where are the comments? What did I do? There we go. It's an average day to look. Average day work-wise, we go in around typically, well, this is what we used to do. We used to go in around 5.30, have our meeting, talk about what was going on, uh, watch games, and then do sports center. Now it's a, uh, you know, we're all just trying to figure it out day by day. What would I be doing if I weren't a sportscaster? God only knows. I had, I was the world's worst loan officer. I did not thrive prior to my time here. Process for writing one big thing. That's actually a good question. It's a challenge kind of every day. Um, try to figure out what feels like it's worthy of it. But but if you're interested in this field, I think writing every day is kind of the most important thing you can do. Um, it helps you figure out what you want to say um, and how you want to say it. And I think writing is the most important thing anybody can do if, if this is what you want to do. Although it was pointed out by somebody yesterday, like I'm uh, – I, I'm not a journalist, which I didn't claim to be a journalist. I'm just an idiot on television. Um, best way to climb the sports media ladder. I mean, right now, I have no idea. Look, you could look at my path and get terrible grades, uh, get lucky, meet Tiger Woods and, you know, hitch your wagon to his train. Or you could go like the PFT big cat route. Like those guys are great proof that um, and Dan, when he was weighing like which way to go he was going to go work at radio in chicago um and i was like don't do that just be yourself there's no need to, to go the traditional route he couldn't be him what he is what they are he couldn't do that in traditional media so the traditional media isn't what anybody has to do um but those guys are unique also like i mean people are going to try to do them that ain't going to work favorite terps game i ever attended April 1st, 2002, the kids have done it. They won a title. That's pretty easy. How were my grades in high school? Not great. Like B, marginal B. Like I could never get into Maryland now. No chance, zero chance, none. 
SE mornings or nights for Sports Center. For me, it's night because I'm a nighttime guy. I like results. I like sports. Like I, I like the outcomes of games, which is why I do the nighttime stuff. Ready to come back to DC? I am. We will be there this summer. And um, you know, Connecticut has been Connecticut's been great. It's I'm not leaving because I don't like Connecticut. I'm just I'm going home because this home is home. So that's the pull there. How to get hired to ESPN? Um, Jimmy Roberts was covering golf for ESPN. He got a job with NBC and ESPN kind of had a need for somebody at the height of Tiger Woods powers. And, um, they, I was the guy, do you prefer radio or TV? That's a, that's a really interesting question for the shout out to Hank. Um, uh, a very, very interesting question. I TV's, um, TV's. Seems harder, but radio is harder. Radio is way harder to do. It's it's requires you to fill so much more space um, than 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 television. Television is far far easier to do, although it's harder to make it look easy. If that makes any sense. Can the Redskins be good? Yikes. Um, I don't know. As far as the start in the business goes, since this is basically just sort of turning into a I don't even know what this is. This is turning into an ask me anything. Like, because uh, my man Ernie Johnson asked me to come on here and give some sort of kind of the story of how it happened. Um, I had a uh, had an internship in uh, out of college at Channel Five. My guy Steve Buckhantz was the uh, was the anchor there, who was a fantastic guy and still a great friend. And um, I worked there, and I kind of learned what whatever was involved in the process, and. Um, then I went to the golf channel because one of the producers there, a guy by the name of Paul Farnsworth, who I'm indebted to forever said, come on down here. And I did. And I went there and down there to be a production assistant and I'd never been on television. Um, and I'll condense it, but I mean, I got a chance to do a couple of things early on. And the first event they sent me to, to cover as a reporter was the uh, 1995 NCAA championship where I met Tiger Woods, who, as we know, became Tiger Woods. And um, I mean, I, I just sort of kept being where he was and he turned into an absolute, I mean, as we know, like the all time rock star. And I was just sort of at there at the right time. So, I mean, people say, you know, how much, uh, how much is luck a part of this? Well, it's a huge part. Um, I mean, I, I didn't have some talent that nobody else had. I, I had, I had the right, place at the right time, which is such a horrible cliche, but it's a fact. That's, I mean, I met Tiger when Tiger was um, a freshman and he became the greatest athlete in the world. Sometimes it is better to be lucky than good. But my guy Lefty Drizel told me, boy, if it was luck, it would have run out by now. And um, I like to think about that sometimes that I got lucky, but ho hopefully along the way I learned how to do it. But uh, I always tell people that are in this business that are like, oh, like you, you look at someone that made it to a place where I got to where I'm at ESPN and I have my own show and this and that. I work harder now than I did before because now it's now it's like I got to do it like I'm the one it's, it's on me to do it. Um, I um, I feel like I'm, I, I have more to more I'm obligated to do now than before. Like and like, oh, who writes your show? Well. I do, you know, um, we have people that help with, you know, putting things together for sure. But like, I don't show up and read what, you know, what somebody else wrote. I just saw when was the first time I met Ernie Johnson. I'm trying to remember the first time that we crossed paths. Um, and I don't even know. I'll just tell you this about Ernie. Um, he's as fine a man as there is and, and as great a role model as he is as a broadcaster. Uh, he's just there's not a person in the business that will tell you a bad word about Ernie Johnson and that whatever you do, I don't care what you do. Uh, that's far more important. Like being good at your job. Great. Aspire to be good at your job. Aspire to be a good human being. Ernie is the, is the gold standard for that. Um, the, just the way that he carries himself in this world, um, is admirable. And, um, my, my, my least favorite attribute, is um is ego i cannot stand it and he is a man with none 
And he's a guy that could carry himself with plenty. I mean, he's got plenty of, you know, hardware that he's earned for his greatness, but he doesn't carry himself like that. And I think that's a great, um, that's a great lesson to anybody is just to, to, to be, just be human and, and be a good, be a good man. He's that. Um, now don't, don't misconstrue something, uh, that I'm saying here. Like I can't stand ego, but confidence is critical. Um, ego, ego is sort of outwardly projecting it, right? My dad always used to say about a guy in basketball, he'd say, if somebody is talking a bunch to tell you how good he is, he probably doesn't believe that he is. He wants you to, he wants to convince himself that he's as good as he's telling you he is. Um, Ernie Johnson doesn't have to say boo. He just, he's great. Um, but again, it's how he carries himself that I appreciate uh, more than anything else, just because he's, he's, he's as good as there is. Um, so when he asked if I would come on here, I said, I'd be thrilled to do it. Um, you know, my story is impossible to emulate, uh, not because I'm some, you know, unique talent, but I have, I had a unique time, you know, to be where I was when I was. But I would think, and I tell people this at Maryland all the time, like I gave the commencement address to the journalism school and I'm like, like, I didn't get into the college you're graduating from. So, and now I'm on the board. So to me, that's, that's just proof that anything can happen. Um, it requires some good fortune, but then once you get lucky, if you get lucky, you got to work hard and then double down on the work, um, bet on yourself, double down on that bet and then make yourself right. And that's gratifying if it, if it, you know, when it works out, that's why people like, you know, like a Van Vliet, I love Van Vliet. His line is bet on yourself. I love that. Um, guy was undrafted, played for a world champion team, hit, hit for a pretty big bag last summer, uh, made a bunch of, made a bunch of money cause he bet on himself. I love that. Um, let me sift through some of these here. My relationship with Stuart Scott, we had a great relationship. Um, what was cool now, and I know it now, is he, you know, his girls, Taylor and Sydney, you know, he used to talk about them more than anything else. And um, now as the now as the dad of a daughter uh, and a couple of sons, too, who at some point are going to come in here and start chucking stuff at me. Um, I, I know he was right. You know, I know how much he loved his girls. I know how proud he'd be of them uh, as they become these incredible young women. But, um, you know, it was cool because Maryland and Carolina it was an ACC thing. So we used to have great fun with that. But it was the late night stuff that, um, you know, that I, I miss, you know, the, the BSing after a show where we talked about life and all the rest of it, you know, the TV stuff's the TV stuff. And we had fun doing that now because I said earlier about ego and I see someone say, ask, how do you keep your ego in check? Well, none of this matters. It's just TV. Um, he, he and I were competitive and like, I mean, he's, look, Stuart was badass anchor. We all know that. But I, I don't, I, I said earlier, I don't like ego. I don't. But you got to be confident. So when we go up there, it was like, all right, you're going to do your thing. I'm going to try to do mine. And we would try to collaborate because the whole idea is if he's great and I'm OK, then we're going to have a great show. Or if I'm great and he's OK, we're still going to have a great show. And um, he had he had a rare ability um, to be great as the guy out front and also the guy that would be a great teammate as well. Um, I, I work with great teammates when I was doing the show like. Steve Levy's an incredible teammate. Doesn't care who gets the credit. Neil Everett, incredible teammate. And I'm not singling them out and saying others weren't as good. It's just the people that I've worked with the most. John Bucigras is phenomenal talent. Uh, has a great grasp of the content, like next level type stuff. Um, and these are the people that I've worked with the most through the years. Um, but I think, and you see it with Ernie. Like that, that the reason that show's so good is because Ernie's just the point guard. He doesn't care. He's just going to let the guys be the guys. Although Shaq, I noticed Shaq was counting. He was he was comment counting at one point. He was like, that's not how it works. You know, you say something, and then I don't say anything, and, you, and then you say something again. Um, you got to share the ball on the set. Got to share the ball. Can I beat Cowherd in arm wrestling? I don't think so. That guy's strong as hell. Sinewy. Cowherd throws up weight, man. I always look at him. He's like he's like a he's like a one iron, but he like he could bench numbers. He kicked my ass, Cowherd. I don't want any part of that guy. Scrappy. What made me choose studio over play-by-play? -play? I've never done play-by-play -play in my life. Never, never done it. Somebody said to me recently, um, I should do Monday Night Football. And I'm like, well, first of all, Tess does Monday Night Football. Second of all, I've never done play-by-play. -play. I don't think that's a training wheels gig, uh, at least not for the play-by-play -play guy. You're not going to put me in there. That's, <laughs> I would suck at that. 
And that's not what anybody wants. Have I ever gotten Stanford Steve to commit to Maryland? That's a video game question. Yes, I have. And that's why we have multiple national championships. How do you gain respect to the colleagues? That's interesting. That's a good, that's a good question. Um, I think do the work, do the work and, um, and don't look for credit for the work. Does that make sense? Like I, I, I see people like the Twitter people, this is before the, the world shut down, but like, you know, the rise and grind people, like you want to tweet out a picture of the gym and rise and grind. Well, what do you like? If, okay. Don't ask for credit for the work. Like success requires work and it's not extra credit. Like if you're putting in the work to be good or great, that's not extra. Like don't ask for a pat on the head. That's what has to be done to be great at anything. So like, I mean, like, what am I going to do? Sit here at the computer and tweet out a picture of me, like writing, writing one big thing, rise and grind. Shut up. Just do the work. The work is required. And hopefully there's joy in the work if you're lucky. Um, but, but you gain respect by doing the work and doing it well and not asking for somebody to pat you on the head every time you do your job and tell you you did a great job. Now, you don't out, ever outgrow like needing an attaboy or wanting somebody to acknowledge the work. It's nice if they do. But the best way to gain respect is to show up, do the work, and don't uh, expect people to, to you know, tell you that the, the work you did, which was required to be successful, was some incredible sacrifice. It's not. How am I handling the absence of sports? Uh, I don't know, man. We're trying our best. Um, I said to somebody recently, I feel like a waiter in a restaurant with no cooks and no food. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to bring out of the, of the kitchen, but we're trying our best. Trying our best. This is a fascinating thought. Do you think our world's permanently changed? Can we ever go back to our normal? I don't know. Like, I don't know what, what I, I don't like, I, I always, 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 always say that I'm optimistic because it costs the same, you know, and I really try to maintain that, that, that posture. Uh, right now, I don't know how to, to, to know the answer to your question about is the world permanently changed? It feels like it is. Um, like if you go into a store now and you see like people give you a wide berth, you know, I mean, it, I guess at some point and doctors are working their butts off. If we get some vaccine, then I guess we all get it. And then we just go back to wandering around, but like watching games and seeing people and like, when's that happen again? I have no idea. And it's just terrifying how far off it feels. I mean, they just canceled Wimbledon. That's July, man. It's April the 2nd. So I, I don't know. I don't know when, I don't know when we go back to, to normal um, or what becomes our new normal. I just hope there's room in it for sports since that's what we do. When am I going to write a book? I've been asked about that. There've been people that have made kind uh, offers so far. I've said no. Cause I talked to people who, um, who've written books and they tell me it's an excruciating process. How close did you ever get to dropping an F-bomb on TV? I did it. I said it once. That was not on purpose, but it happened. Don't cuss on TV. Don't say the F word on TV, kids. Will enter any interview ever top rock Kim? No, that was like a very personal and, and cool thing. If you're old like me and you grew up on 80s hip hop and you get a chance to be face to face with rock Kim um, and you get a chance to talk shop with a guy who's that guy no i mean look i get asked a lot about like you know about athletes and what athlete do you want to talk to um it's, it's really weird like i've done this long enough um where I, I i started where like you were younger than the athletes and then you were the same age and now I'm older than the athletes. And now I've been here 20 years. So like, I'm not a big deal, but these, a lot of the athletes have seen, have seen me do my job because I've been here 20 years. So it's not like they think I'm a big deal, but like, it's just this weird place where you meet those people. You know what I'm saying? Like you meet them in a different way. You know, Dad, my dad always said, treat normal people like superstars, treat superstars like normal people. I've shared that line a lot. So I think that's how I try to treat the people that I meet. Um, but there's just, it's, I find it's more like with musicians or something. Like I did a thing with Bono and it's like, this guy's Bono. Um, 
Rakim's the same kind of a deal. Somebody who's an, an artist whose work you've admired so much, it's harder to do that, treat him like a normal person bit. But I think that serves you well if you're able to do it. I think that's why I've gotten along well with um, the athletes that I uh, cover um, because I treat them that way. Hardest segment you ever had to do. Uh, the show when Stewart passed away was impossible. Um, the show uh, where Tyler Tramp passed away, just anytime there's a, some, anytime that you're doing that is hard, but uh, I think you have to just do your very best to focus on your job. Like, I mean, the night that the Rudy Gobert test positive, we, we've gotten some nice comments about how we did our show that night. And like, how did you stay calm in the midst of that? You're like, well, that's your job. That's what you're supposed to do. And it felt strange to be covering like the news piece of it. Uh, you know, we felt like we were a newscast in a way because we were. I mean, it's the biggest news story in the world. Um, and in those moments, I, I think you're just calm and you're reacting. Plus, we had great people all around me. My producers, you know, Woj and Royce and Malik and all the people like you just knew you were in good hands. Um, but the shows where you're emotionally invested and you're talking about losing people you care about, that, that's really, really difficult. Um, I, anyone get you starstruck? Bono is like Bono. It's like, all right, you're Bono. Um, I, somebody asked about senior night. Uh, that was an idea that we had. Um, hold on. What am I most proud of? I got three beautiful kids and they're awesome. Um, senior night um, was something where we were sitting around after the show on Thursday after all the um, things were put on hold and it was like, what are we going to do here? And the thought was, well, what can we do to acknowledge people whose season's uh, ended prematurely. I mean, it was just, it's, it's as simple as what we're trying to do. And you read about these high school kids that were a game away from one of the state. There's all, like, it's amazing how many communities have some version of the same thing. Hadn't been there in 50 years, had a chance, didn't get the game. Well, how do we acknowledge that? Well, it's been really, really heartwarming how much it has meant to these communities um, to have them reach out and, and tell us that they were, uh, that they were, I mean, for lack of a better word, like, you know, they made it onto ESPN. It wasn't the way they wanted to make it there, but they did. And so I think uh, it's, it's a great reminder that, that what we do matters to people. Brian Kelly from Notre Dame came on when, when we were taping the interview, and, he's, and he was very nice. He said, I love what you're doing with that senior night thing. And I said, you know, Brian, the, the, you know, like you're at Notre Dame. You're never going to need our attention. But I think it's a good reminder to everybody like, that our attention can matter to a small town in Wisconsin, a small town in Indiana, even bigger towns. Like, you know, we did the city college of San Francisco, their, their junior college team. Like it's obviously a big time, you know, junior college program in a, in a, uh, um, in a huge city, but they got a kick out of it. So it's been, it's been gratifying. Uh, we need content and I, I want to do some kind of content that feels uplifting and that does. So uh, that's, that's been, I guess, a cool thing that's come out of this. I was asked about Barstool Van Talk. Obviously, among my great, um, great memories uh, in, bro in my broadcasting career is that I was the one person that got in the van. They gave me an air conditioner. I, I gave it back to them. And, um, you know, it was very nice when they showed me the giant picture of the porn star. Oh, yeah, look. I, I'll leave it there. There's, the stories. we'll wait till we're on ESPN R. I'm the best to ever do it. I'm certainly not that. There are many others that have been better than I have been. Everybody wants Rosillo stories and Big Cat stories. That's what everybody wants. What was my college game day experience like? Awesome. They were incredibly, incredibly uh, great, uh, gracious to allow me to kind of parachute in and just be part of what I think is the best show that we do at ESPN. And I mean, I say like PTI is really good. Um, game day is incredible. The, the passion of those men and women going on the road. I mean, they always say if they write a book about game day, it'll be called Two Flights and a Drive because you fly to Atlanta and then you fly to some other small town and then you drive. And, and the passion of those people is remarkable. And it was great with Chris Fowler. It's great with Reese Davis. Uh, that, that, that transition, by the way, those are two incredible broadcasters right there. If you want people to emulate, have command of your topic, uh, have great writing ability, and then, I mean, they're, they're, they're 
their ability on cameras, you can't learn that. You either have it or you don't. But those two guys are amazing. Uh, that show was so much fun to do just because I have such great passion for college football. The, the issue for me at the time is I was doing radio with Rosillo, I was doing Sports Center, and I was also doing uh, uh, these game day pieces. It was insane. It was ridiculous. Like, there, there was no life. I was – at some point – and I've told Tariko this. Like, if you, you – you can like, it's like a paper plate at a picnic, right? And you get that big-ass piece of chicken and you put five deviled eggs and some baked beans. Like, at some point, you can't put any more on the plate. And I, I put too much on my plate at that point. And I was grateful that they let me, you know, put it on the plate. But at some point, uh, you got to figure out, like, how much your plate can hold. And um, game day was probably one thing that was extra for me at that time. But I was really grateful that I got to do it. Um, I saw somebody ask, like, when I knew I made it. That's a That's such a hard question to answer because, and I mean this sincerely, like, I've been here 20 years. And... I mean, I get it. I, we got a show and we're all right, but I don't think you, I don't think you ever feel like somebody couldn't call you up and say, all right, it's been a good run. You know, I mean, we, we appreciate what you've done for us, but you know, Jimmy Pitaro needs to see you and bring your playbook. So I think maybe that's what makes you, makes you work or me in this case work as hard as I still do at it um, because like, I don't care if I do anything else. Like if I, if this is just it, if I get this hour, my guy Stanford Steve's over there keeping me company and this is all it was like, I don't need to do anything. I don't aspire to do more than this. And I'm just grateful that I get to do this. So like, to me, this is making it like having this place that belongs to us. And I'm trying my best to, uh, to just understand how appreciative I ought to be. And I, I am for that. Uh, so it wasn't like I had a moment where I thought I made it. Um, I told the story the other day about sitting in a field in Australia in 2001, the very first moment that I was on the air at ESPN. And maybe that, maybe that moment right there made me realize, all right, you know, the stakes is high as the saying goes. And, that, and I hope that I was ready for it. Now here we are 20 years later. So um, like that Lefty Drizel line from earlier, uh, if it was luck, it would have run out by now. So I, I guess I guess we figured out how to do it along the way. I've never gotten to work with Ernie. I mean, he plays for a different team. But here's the thing you should understand about our business. And you've heard me reference uh, Rosillo or Big Cat or Tarico or Ernie. You know, and I could keep going across the across to a cowherd. I'm just thinking of people whose names I've said out loud that work at other places. Um, th there's it's a small, small fraternity slash sorority, um, and there's great respect among the peers. And it's why Ernie calls me last week and says, "Will you do this?" And I'm like, "Done, done." And you know, it's it's to be part of it. And to now have been part of it for as long as I have, it feels like a great blessing. And, uh, and you know, even – yeah, I see, I see even Skip. I don't, I don't know Skip. Like, his approach isn't mine, okay? I, I, that's not my approach. Uh, so I, I, can, I can say that that's not how I would do it and yet respect the hustle, you know? Uh, he's, he's been in the game a long time. Like, I, I'm not going to be – not going to – I wouldn't go that route. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to be disrespectful of, of the amount of effort and time and work that's put in because it ain't easy. I don't care who you are. Um, I, I, I think that we have great respect for our peers and um, and you see the work that people do and you just you admire. The, like I admire somebody like a Mike Tirico who does things I could never do. Um, and I'd like to think that there are things that we do in our space that others wouldn't do maybe as well. Does that make sense? So I. I I just think the cool thing about about Ernie, um, again, I referenced this earlier, is that the the, um, the great great lessons and uh, example that he sets. How do you connect with athletes? You seem to make them so human. That's very kind. It goes back to what I said earlier about my the line from my dad. 
you know, treat people, treat normal people like superstars, treat superstars like normal people. I think if you just talk to, if you, I don't, I don't think I talk to the athletes much different than I'm talking to myself on this phone right now. You know, just you try to be, meet them like a human being. You know, show them respect, but but expect it in return. Like I don't give a shit. If, ooh, I don't. Sorry, I don't like if you're great at sports. That good, good for you. But like, you know. It doesn't mean that I'm supposed to, you know, bow down. Another good line I've heard is if you put somebody on a pedestal, then you put them in a position to look down on you. There's no need to do that. You know, look people eye to eye. Give them respect and you'll get it in return. When you were starting out critiquing your tapes, what did you listen for to get better? We used to, I used to come back after, after shows for sure, and I'd pop in tapes and you'd watch and you'd hope you got the highlights right. Uh, I've been on long enough. Now that I don't, I don't need to see myself on TV. I know what I look like. I know what I sound like. But I think that there's great value in that, in going back after you, just much like a, a, anybody in sports, a football team would go back and what do they coach say? We got to look at the tape. Well, look at the tape. And, and if, you, if you find yourself leaning on a phrase or saying something that, that you think happens too often, try to stop doing that. Uh, try, to, try to prevent yourself from falling into traps that, that where you think you sound like a cliche or uh, you find yourself saying things that don't sound like you be who talk like you talk. Like, this is how I talk on television. This is it. This is who I am. Like, look, like I always say, like, I, I have mirrors. Like I, I know I don't look like bald pit, but at 12 o'clock when I put a mic on, I sit down, I'm a confident SOB, man. I know, I know what to do. I know how to do this. Like, this is what I know how to do. So I'm going to be that guy. Because that's, I don't have to play a role. So watch the tapes and, and ask yourself, do you see yourself on camera? Do you hear yourself? And if you see yourself and you hear yourself, then you're either going to succeed or fail based on you. And that should be enough, right? You should succeed or fail based on who you are. Because it would suck to be trying to be some anchorman. Good evening and welcome. Hi, I'm television Scott Van Pelt. That guy sucks. Don't be that guy. Because then if it doesn't work and you were playing this role, then you failed being some other person. That's nothing. That's nowhere. You don't want to be there. So watch the tapes and ask yourself, do you see yourself? Do you see yourself? If you see yourself, then bet on yourself and then double down. No, I don't sound like Dan. Dan Patrick sounds like Dan Patrick. That's another That's another great. I didn't mention him among the people or peers who've been great to me Who's uh, who's – as good as there is. Was there ever a time on the air you couldn't stop laughing? Neil and I used to get sideways from time to time. I'll tell you the guy that gets me. This is sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. You're never going to guess the person. The most sinister guy that could get me laughing like nobody else is Carl Ravage. Carl Ravage is, he's sneaky, sneaky funny. And he knew the buttons to push for me and, I would almost, I would almost have to beg him to not just, please don't, please don't do that. Please don't do those things you do. And he'd say it like he he's the king of the inside joke. Ravi's, Ravi's sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. My relationship with Stephen A. Smith. I, we have from afar, I think a very uh, sincere professional respect. Um, he's come on with me. Uh, I've gone on with him. Uh, I know that we both recognize in, I can't, you know, I shouldn't speak for him. I know I recognize in him a remarkable dedication to work. Um, incredible, incredible dedication to work. And Stephen A is a, he is, he is, and he, you've seen him embrace it more and more. The, the, the performer that he is, I mean, he is a natural performer and has an ability to do that. And I think he's embracing more and more that side of, of who he is. And he's got great relationships and, uh, and a passion to do it. And I mean, like people, it's, people think like, oh, you, like, you, like you pocket watch in this business. Man, I hope every single one of you out there that wants to do this gets every nickel and dollar. And if you get more than me, then good for you, man, or gal, miss get every dollar you can get. Like I got enough for me and my family. We're good. Don't worry about us. We're all right. 
And like Stephen A, like he's earning his money and he's working hard. And, you know, he, like I said, I have great professional respect. We have never crossed paths socially. Like we just don't, he's where he is. I am where I am. We just, it's not like we're in the same space at the same time, but I'd be fired up to, you know, sit and have a meal, you know, stick. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, don't worry about my money. Don't pocket watch me. I'm good. We're all right. Advice for someone who found their niche in the journalism industry. How do I go further? Well, as it was pointed out to me yesterday, I'm not a journalist. I'm just a TV guy. Uh, but I think be yourself and, and trust yourself. What journalism skills do you, do, do you use every day? Write, write, write. You have to learn to write. Because when you learn to write, you learn how to say what you think. And writing slows your mind down. You can't write as quickly as you think. And if you slow your mind down to think, um, it, it helps you figure out how to best reflect yourself. I see the word authenticity written down. That's huge. Again, it's you want to authentically represent your thoughts and your feelings. I think that if you, I think if, if you are one that wants to be, you know, if you get in the hot take space, you better make sure you remember what you say, because then you can paint yourself into a corner with one opinion and then, are you allowed to walk it back? You know, that's why, like I say, I'm wrong quite a bit. Um, you got to be willing to do that. Look, if, if you're going to say, if you're going to say, give opinions or pick games or say, I think this, or I think that, well, you're going to be wrong plenty. And the idea that you wouldn't just walk it back or just shrug and go, I was wrong. Like what, like, what do you, I don't have a crystal ball. I, I, I'm not supposed to know what's going to happen, but that's okay. I mean, if you're, I'm, I'm passionate about it. I'm going to, I'm going to share that part. Most of all, being right or wrong is just, it's nice to be right. None of us want to go in there and get stuff wrong all the damn time. How long did it take you to get comfortable on the set? That's a very good question. What happens is this, you realize that, that like the, the analogy is this. If you, if you put like a balance beam on the floor, all right, and you walked across the balance beam, you could walk right across it. There's no fear because it's wide enough to walk across. But if you raise it, well, now all of a sudden you're kind of, oh, I don't want to fall. I don't want to fall. Well, you've created the fear. You've, you've made it a scary proposition when really it isn't. It doesn't need to be. And I, I guess when I realized about the set that I – like if I fell, I, nothing was going to happen. I mean, you're sure it's embarrassing. Look, I, I got Baba buoyed, like Captain Jenks called in and people like, oh man, sorry. I don't give a shit that Captain Jenks called. Like he's a crank caller. Like I'm supposed to be upset about that. I don't care. It's okay. Um, and that's, that's, I'm comfortable with that. Like that wasn't the goal, but if you screw up on the air and you will, like, just say that wasn't supposed to happen or like you can just talk to your audience and just be honest with them. Cause if you don't, if you're not in on the joke, then you're the only one that isn't in on the joke. So when I, when I became comfortable with the feeling that screwing up was all right and that the balance beam wasn't really in the air, it was on the ground. Then I was comfortable to just be myself and do whatever, do the show the way I wanted to do it. Um, but it takes a while. It, it takes a while to become comfortable, uh, and you don't want to just go running around and flipping off the balance beam at the beginning. Otherwise, you, know, you hurt yourself. But when you get to that place where you are comfortable, then you're gonna you're not gonna fall at all because you're completely comfortable. I appreciate people asking out of uh, about my kids. Kids are good. I'm, I'm amazed that they, my 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 wife is doing an amazing job keeping them at bay at the moment. Do I have a relationship with Will Kane? I don't really know Will. Um, He's another guy who I, I just, I know he works hard and I, I respect that he's, uh, you know, he's doing, he's, he's created a lane where he's doing him and he's authentic to him, you know, based on what I understand about him. But again, he's kind of ships passing in the night. We work in different places. Is it easy to get Tim Kirkjian going? He's the best audience in the world. If I ever did a comedy club, I'd just bring him and put him in the front row. And say Bartolo Cologne and get him giggling, then everybody else will laugh because once Tim starts laughing, it makes everybody happy. 
Do I see a baseball season happening? God, I hope so. It's April the 2nd. Like, can you imagine no baseball? That means there's no nothing. Like, I don't know. Do you all think there's going to be sports? I mean, I, who is there going to be football? Like, I don't know. I, God, I hope so. Like, I, I don't think I can keep making this up for this long. Am I going to be on PMT again? They got to ask. I mean, it's their show. I, you know, have I seen the last dance yet? I haven't. Our, our, our producer said his kids want copies. He's like, I don't have it. What do you think? I, I just work here, man. Been asked about the daily routine. Oh, were you scared going to sports center and bringing the radio vibe? I was, I didn't know that it would necessarily work, but again, I had to trust that it was, I had to trust that it would be enough. And I'm always going to be indebted to John Skipper and John Wildhack, who were the men that were initially um, gave me the chance. And then since then, Jimmy Pitaro, Norby Williams, and Connor Shell, they've all been incredibly supportive, as has everybody within. Do I talk to Mike Tirico often? Yeah, text more than talk, but uh, quite a bit, quite a bit. He remains a very, very, very close friend and a guy who is an incredible person to emulate if you're interested in this business. Um, I gave you that analogy about the picnic uh, and the, the, the paper plate somehow Mike's got that chinette man he can put everything on there and nothing falls off he's he has very few peers if any in terms of the ability to wear lots and lots of different hats play-by-play -play, anchor host the whole bit podcast am I featured in the last dance I don't think so I don't know why I would be I was just running around college park shout out to Bentley's I'm not growing my hair out in quarantine Every, it's just it, two days and it just looks disgusting this is anybody that's out there just if it's going just cut it that's that's my advice ernie's in the same boat like he just you just you just get the clipper and just take it down fellas it's okay it takes somebody a while to get to gotta get comfortable with it but just i am your gps you know, like this is where you're gonna end up and that's fine i mean look at it, it's bald lumpy it ain't great but i look at myself and think i look good now that's confidence or day drinking, one or the other. Mentors in the business. I've I've had, I'll say I'll just put it this way. I've had more than I could count, and I'll and I'll and I'll always remember the people that weren't. And I'm not going to name them because there's no need, you know. Because let's just say that there's no need to name them. Um, if you're in this business, be someone that's helpful. Be someone that offers a hand. Be someone that says. Can I, can I help you? Don't be a person that is standoffish or dismissive, especially dismissive or belittling. Like, cause you're going to get got at some point, all of us, all of us, like at some point they're coming for me too. You know, like I don't get to do this forever. And so if you're lousy to people for what, it's just so much easier to be decent and, and to try to be helpful. But now in saying that, like the, the person that asked me, like, oh, I want to do what you do and this and that, like, I can't, I don't have the GPS for you. I can't give you the directions. Like I don't possess that. All I can try to do is offer encouragement, but be the person that offers encouragement, be the poor and then be the person after the fact, like Steve Buckhans, that's the guy I was his intern. Okay. And, and Buck got done dirty. My opinion by the wizards, he was a beloved play by play guy and they didn't renew his contract. I thought that was dumb. Um, but Buck's done a lot in this business and I was his intern. And to this day, I still hear from Buck. I still get texts from him telling him, um, telling me that how proud he is of me. You know how much that means to me? Like I was his intern. And to this day, Buck's still a guy that's in my corner. Who's a friend and a sincere friend. Like he means he, his support is sincere and it matters to me. And so be to me in this business, be the person who's that, who's the one that's giving you, you know, an attaboy. I said earlier, do the work and don't ask for credit for it. But if you get that, if you get that in the end, if you earn that kind of loyalty, because to me, loyalty, I place a premium on that above almost anything else. You know, you earn loyalty through how you behave and how you carry on. And if, if you, if you've earned loyalty and you've earned that kind of level of friendship, you know, that's more, that's more gratifying than, than any of the rest of this stuff. And, uh, you know, Buck, the text from Buck, 
you know, telling me how proud he is. You know, I lost my pop long ago. Buck's not old enough to be my dad, not close to that. But and he's a mentor, and he's a guy who having my back, it means a lot. And it, it's, it takes nothing to be that. Um, it's harder to be a jerk, you know? It takes effort to be a jerk. So, I mean, don't be a jerk. That applies to anybody. What would I tell my 21-year-old self? Um, enjoy the hair. Your man, your man, I had it cooking with gas. I had some Christian Leitner helmet. I'd say enjoy the hair. Uh, I don't know what else I'd say. I'd say you're not going to believe it, but it's going to work out. And I wouldn't have believed it. Because at 21, the wheels fell off the bus. Hardest moment of your career. Hmm. I've been lucky. I've been really, really lucky. And I've tried to work hard to stay lucky. Um, I mean, I, I think that you patience, just over, just in general, patience, patience through the contract process, patience through, I want to be the guy that gets to do this. Well, that like the, this rarely arrives on time. You know, you gotta, you gotta schedule in your mind that you want it all, especially now. And I'm not knocking younger people. It's just, it's, almost impossible for younger people to be patient because you have to be patient so little in life. You don't have to wait for much. So actually having patience to, to recognize that it, it may not be this contract, you know, it, it may not be on the time you want. I want I want this yesterday. Well, it might be this minus that next week. Well, how do you stay patient in that? It, it wasn't a singular thing, but it was just, it was being patient, and trusting that it would, that it might work out. And then over time, uh, more than I'm worthy of, it, it has. So I think patience is something that's important for all of us. <laughs> Have I ever done a 40 yard dash? I don't remember the last time I ran at full speed. I, it, it's, it's such, don't get old. Like, just stuff you take for granted. Just if you play pickup, like if you're young and you like have a, actually now we can't play pickup because we need to stay apart. But like when you can get back to playing pickup, go play pickup. Like I just miss playing pickup basketball. I just miss getting shots up because I was a bucket. Best way to get over the nerves of asking people for advice or feedback. Don't, but what's there to be nervous about? Just ask, hey, ask people for advice. What do you think of this? Do you mind if I show you my tape? Ask them what they think is most important. Um, but ultimately, like ultimately, whoever, I can't read who it is that asked for that. Kyle, I think it is. Kyle, what, you, you got to trust you, you know, you got to trust you. And I think you don't even need to necessarily ask. The examples of people that you respect are, are out there. You can just, you know, does that make sense? Like without even being able to ask them, you can tell what, what matters to people because you can see how they've done things. I think that, I think their feedback is that is available just by consuming what they do. Does your head get burnt in the sun easily? Eh, I mean, I'm pretty freckly. It ain't pretty. All right. We're getting up against it here. TV makeup routine. Our makeup artists are currently not in the office and we're having to do it ourselves. And they're all laughing at how bad a job we're doing. You are artists. And we, we love you and we miss you and we need you because it's worse than usual looking at me. How'd Stamper Steve get involved with you? He was our radio producer. You want to talk about loyalty? You want to talk about a guy who's got your back? Nobody better than that dude. Nobody. Nobody. He to the end of the earth and back for him because he'd do the same for me. And that's that you need that in this in this business. You need people that have got your back that aren't trying to find a spot in your back to you know, stick the knife in. I'm, uh, all right, I'm getting ready to say so long here. I'm just scro scrolling through, trying to catch up. I'm in Connecticut at the moment. We'll be, we'll be down in DC. How good was bias? You don't even know. I'm gonna tell you a quick story. I was interviewing, um, Tracy McGrady. It was early in my golf channel, excuse me, early in my ESPN days. And I had done, uh, sit down with Tracy McGrady in Orlando and we were walking out and, Tracy's kind of eyeballing me a little bit. He's like, you're pretty tall. I'm 6'6". Six, six. He's like, you're pretty tall. He's like, you play some ball. I'm like, it's kind of a long story, but no, I didn't in the end. I said, I went to Maryland. I said, you ever see Bias? And he's like, not, not really. I said, well, there's a, there's a YouTube of Len Bias on, um, on you. There's a YouTube of Len Bias on YouTube, obviously, where he plays against Michael Jordan. And the video's garbage. But the team in the white jerseys 
is biased. The team in the blue jerseys is Jordan. Watch it. Like, you're going to see – you'll see what it was. And it was every bit of it, all right, back and forth. As we're saying this, Horace Grant walks out, okay? And McGrady says to Horace, says, he says, Ho, what do you know about Len Bias? And, and he goes, Phew. he said, Len Bias was the baddest mother I ever saw. McGrady's like, you played with Jordan. And he said, Len Bias was the baddest I ever saw. And I'm like, so that's my Len Bias story. And that might be the walk-off. Um, you guys, uh, you know where to find me on Twitter, at NotTheFakeSVP. Uh, I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy to kind of continue. Actually, I probably can't. I got stuff to do. Um, but listen, I appreciate your interest. Um, I appreciate you stopping in. If you're in our business, I wish for you sincerely every bit of good luck I got uh, because it requires that. Um, but if you get lucky, then then you you need to, to double down on your the work and you need to keep your head down and keep working. Like I said, I mean, I'm 20 years in here at ESPN. I got a show tonight and I got to figure out what the hell we're going to talk about in the absence of sports. And I don't expect somebody to spoon feed me uh, the content. So um, people say, oh, I want to do what you do or, or in, in our business. All right. Well, you if you do. Are you ready for weekends not to be weekends? Are you ready for holidays not to be holidays? Are you ready to work until two in the morning and work these odd zombie hours? I'm not acting like that. It's like, like there's people that work way harder than we do. Uh, I just, you got to ask yourself if you know what you're up for. And if you are, then come on. And like I said, I, I hope you get as lucky uh, as I've gotten. And um, just trust that you, who you are is enough. Be who you are because you're going to succeed or fail based on who you are. And, and don't don't succeed or fail trying to be some imitation of somebody you saw on TV. Um, just just be you because uh, it's because it's got to be enough. Uh, in the meantime, stay safe. Devonte Adams, shout out. Wash your hands. Wash your butts. He was ahead of the curve when he told us that this year uh, late in Green Bay season. Um, but just keep let's keep our distance from each other. and Let's hope let's cross our fingers and hope that people stay healthy and stay safe. And that at some point we got some sports to, uh, to talk about. So I appreciate you dealing with my uh, inability to figure this out in the beginning. And um, stay safe. Be good. We'll see you at 11-ish, uh, I think it is, tonight on SportsCenter. EJ, thank you. You're the best. Thank you for tuning into this episode of EJ's Game Plan. For more information on today's guest and breaking into the sports media industry, go to our website, www.ejsgameplan.com. Tune in every week to hear from more guests on their experience in the media industry. EJ's Game Plan is brought to you by Ernie Johnson Jr., the University of Georgia's new media institute and Grady Sports.